Adios Nachos, amigos, and welcome to Record Breakers, the weekly discussion fun book club for music. I'm Peter Raverman with no plan. Here with me is, of course, my crew, my team, my quadrant, my uh, my quorum. We've got Brett. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> We've got Patrick. Konnichiwa. And we've got Drew. Hello. Yes. Uh, is it me you're looking for? Uh, we're here to talk about music, uh, but not that music. We're going to talk about a different kind of music. Uh, no, we, we, we can. But... <laughs> we can, but we didn't prepare for that. Uh, no. We'll prepare for that for another time. Uh, we're talking about music. The provider of the music this week is Brett. Brett. What are you bringing forth for the for the Midnight Society? Well, <laughs> uh, this is a serious show, so I had to bring some very serious music. Um, so this this week I brought the I, uh, the album that's titled "The Amazing New Electronic Pop Sound of Jean Jacques Perret." Yes, uh, it is. It's a very fascinating album, to say the least. Uh, very fascinating name. Uh, really cool cover. Uh, Drew. What were your expectations coming into this album? Well, seeing the name of the album, uh, the amazing new electronic pop sound of Jean Juke Perry, um, Juke, that's not right at all. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Learned French. <laughs> Juke but, joint Jezebel. Ah, um, uh, somebody will bomb him out of the world eventually. Um, I, I knew this was going to be well, a weird one dark. because the name was... <laughs> It did. Um, you're welcome. Uh, the name was sufficiently weird. Brett said that it was going to be sort of a, hey, um, every once in a while we should have an album that's sort of just like class uh, work. It's something that we have to like sort of figure out and figure out why that this album might be something that was important back then and still sort of feeling the effects today. Um, so I knew that was going to happen. And it was labeled dance slash electronic on Google Music. That's about all I went into this album knowing was that there was going to be some synthy stuff and maybe some drum machine stuff. And it was going to be boppy and dancey and from the 60s. And that was that was what I went in with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what were your expectations coming into this? Uh, so I want to talk about the title, The Amazing Electronic Pop Sounds of Jean-Jacques Perret. At least uh, I'm this, not the only one that screwed up the uh, the title of the album. <laughs> so there's one of two two things this album like based on what year that title was written, whether or not that is an earnest title or the most like uh, the most obnoxious like self-absorbed title of a thing ever. Fortunately, this is old enough that that title makes sense and is probably was a reasonably accurate representation of what the album was in 1968. Uh, beyond that, I had no fucking clue. I, I figured it was possibly French based on a man named, you know, Jean-Jacques Perret or Paris. I don't know. Uh, and that it might have electronic sounds in it and very early primitive electronic sounds considering, you know, it's, it's time of origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but definitely some a lot of a lot of cool stuff to to dig into, uh, musically though. Uh, 
Brett, how would you describe this album music? What would be the themes and elements to get to leech in on? Well, let's get down to brass tacks. This show is uh, is is where I've 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 talked a lot about my love of a thing that I like to call the sproing. <laughs> and uh, if uh, you don't know what the sproing is, it's an oddball sounding instrument that that makes music better. Um, and uh, this album is all sproing. <laughs> Even the instruments that are not electronic uh, kind of have a sprungy deal to it. It's, it's got definitely the 60s weirdness um, of the sprung. It's, my, it's, it's very uh, of its time, <laughs> uh, you, could, you could say. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, this is probably the most important album I've ever brought. Um, <laughs> there, there are songs that are like, uh, you know, you got children's songs. Um, you've got some rock and roll songs of... Not quite the late 60s sound, uh, but more like the early 60s sound, like somebody kind of knew how to write a rock song. Um, and then you got some Latin inspired tracks. Um, there, there are, uh, there's not a whole lot of information about all of the equipment used here, um, but uh, there's, uh, there are a few non-electric instruments floating around, uh, but they tend to play different roles than what they normally would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fascinating album. I think one of the surprising things is the moments in the album where you go, hey, I've heard that somewhere before. And then you realize it's it's stuff that went viral on the internet. (laughs) And it's multiple tracks on this, at least a couple of tracks on this album. But we'll talk about track specific when we get to that segment. But yeah, uh, Drew, what would be the themes elements that make up this record for you? Well, for one, as we were getting into this, um, Brett said, hey, this is something that you can sort of still hear influences of today. And it's something that's really cool and semi-important in the history of what music is. And so I was like, OK, let's go into it from that er- that that idea. Right. Um, so there's one there's some music that. Yeah, it's it's that sort of thing. It's you can dive into it and it's something that's important and it's something that's like you can really bite into and there's a lot there musicality wise and a lot there theory wise and stuff like that. And just interesting things that pushed music forward. Um but at the same time there's things that would still be not super out of place hearing on the radio today. Um you could do that with like, say your Frank Sinatra's and such. It's something that, yeah, no, you get where it's coming from and what it did for the genre things like the Beatles. I don't think that anybody here would say that you could hear this on the radio today and it not be super out of place. Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of like cool, interesting experimentation almost there that I sort of dug. Um, the sound of it, it was weird because it like almost maybe you're right, Petey. Like there's something about it that like it ticked like I've heard this sound before. I've heard these things before, but where and why? And I'm not sure. Like to me, what I kept seeing was like those weird SpongeBob montages and stuff like that in the back of my head. That's what I got out like out of the tone of it um, and sort of the boppiness of it. Um, 
not saying that that's a bad thing, just what it conjured up in my head. Um, the melodies were always really fun. Um, it says dance and not in like maybe the modern sense of dance, but there's definitely something like that makes you groove to it, which I think is really cool. Um, and of course the, there's a consistent like rhythm dance tone. Um, it's the, it's a decidedly classic sort of like sound and tone to it, but there's a lot of like cool stuff in here. And yeah, there is, there is points and I will bring this up where I was like, I, I think I've heard a song that is very, very much like this before. Um, and I know what it was trying to hearken to, but it also brought up something else in me and I thought it was kind of cool, but we'll go into that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention? Um, so this is, I think a really good example of if you are a music nerd and you care about the history of music and where stuff came from, uh, this, this is where a lot of stuff came from. This is really, really early use of synths in what is more or less popular music. Um, nothing, nothing about the way the music was written and composed is groundbreaking. It was more that they took what is, you know, probably pretty, what, what if played on traditional instruments would, would feet would probably be fairly standard, you know, kind of weird pop fare uh, of, you know, sort of the fifties and sixties and then played it on the weirdest, newest shit they could find. It's, it's an experiment as much as, as much as it is an album. Um, experimental music is not always the best music, but so it is, it is often interesting. And I think, I think that was my take. This is interesting. It's, um, as, as Brett, uh, said, this is the springiest album that may have ever been produced. Uh, it, it is the, in, in part because it was the earliest, most primitive of synths. It is not what you think of as the, as the very, you know, the sound of, of like, you know, seventies where you heard all the Moog modular synths or the eighties where it's like, you know, all the Roland and Kurzweil early digital stuff. This is the, just the, the, the beginning of the, the synthesizer trying to be used like a normal instrument in music. And it's, it's not always great at it, but it, uh, it is certainly interesting in how and how, you know, this guy who, you know, composed what are mostly fairly simple songs, then use the instrumentation to be to make them like, wait, what the hell is going on? Is this from space? And the answer is always yes. This is space. <laughs> this is yes. this is space. Is man. this from space? Yes. This is from outdoor space. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly true. Uh. Brett, how how would you describe the, how would you say what would you say would be the key tracks to to zero in on? Uh what would be some of the important tracks? What are your favorite tracks to zero in on? Well, um we'll start with the the little ships. This this album is full of hot bangers, I tell you. Like it's this is a <laughs> this, this this is this is a great great album for for uh more than just singles. But we'll go with the little ships. Um, you know, uh, this is probably one of the most upbeat and smile-inducing songs I've ever heard. 
Um, and, and there's some great like effects work going on here. Uh, there's like the use of a tape being played back at, at high rate of speed, um, that that's used to good effect. Um, you know, there's, there's also like weird fun tones that, uh, that only live on this album and like Bootsy Collins's pedal board. Um, it's, it's a pretty, pretty fantastic song. Um, uh, and this, you know, this, this album goes some places. Uh, and the next track that I, I'd really like to zero in on is called Mr. James Bond. Um, uh, and I, I, I very much enjoyed it. There's like a weird galloping strummed guitar that you can barely hit. It's like here at all. And it's like, even if you can hear it, you don't really know like what pitch it's playing. You just hear like the sound of the guitar pick as like a, a like a drum. But uh, yeah, it's it's it almost sounds like someone was doing like the soundtrack to a spaghetti western with like the instruments of a madman, um, but like in a cool way. Um, and uh, I I've never heard a simulated whip uh, done quite like they did for that song. Um, but yeah, there's also really cool reverb and just overall neat. But um, Brazilian Flower, uh, that that's the song that brung me. Um, I, I think there are too few uh, jaunty, positive electronic music albums uh, out there. And uh, this is a shining example of, of what a positive, uh, upbeat electronic album could be. And hopefully, I, I hope people start making this stuff again. I, I, I want to be that if, 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 if nobody else will. But yeah, underneath all the, the, the silly synth sounds, you know, there's there's a pretty pretty neat piece of music going on like if they, if there was a single dude doing every single noise like there you know if if i saw the the score uh, there there's a lot going on and uh stuff that's pulled out for um not necessarily the most uh like you know it, it's it's used sparingly but but when that sound shows up it's like oh that's you know that made me laugh until i almost crap my pants but yeah this is uh, like the brazilian flower is a song that i can put on just about any time and like have a smile on my face it's not like you know the soundtrack to a courtroom drama it's it's a it's a good time um yeah song i'll start playing shortly yes <laughs> uh yeah and uh and um, that feeling of uh, being f- f- uh, familiar with it uh is probably to the fact that uh there's a couple of tracks on here that you might have heard before on the internet uh <laughs> yeah yeah um like for example oh, there you go uh for example you know before before he was making the way downtown uh a certain gentleman was uh, going well, go to the store actually well goddamn that's my uh there's something that you shouldn't see uh he was, uh, God damn it! What the fuck am I doing? All right, yeah. Before he was making his way downtown, he was uh, going to the store, uh, courtesy yes. of the song "Brazilian Flower," I believe. Uh, or you know, and then afterwards he was late for a meeting, uh, courtesy of I believe the Mexican Cactus, uh, which is a follow up to that to that hit. Uh, at the same time, uh, and I believe 
the other track, The Little Ships, uh, is also known as the Rainbow Bunchy song <laughs> on the internet. So Jean-Jacques Perret uh, is the, is the uh, classic OG master of the viral hit. Uh, also, um, if you haven't, go see this man's website, which was made in the early, late 90s or early 2000s. It is spectacular. Uh, yes, uh, it is uh, fantastic. Uh, so it's, it's one of those fantastic things uh, to kind of like, like realize uh, after the fact. It's like, oh, you know, it's like one of those moments where you hear those songs like, I've heard this song before. Oh yeah, it was to the tune of a of a wobbly naked CGI guy, you know, <laughs> like uh, slightly flopping around in a simu- in a simulated background or not simulated background, but uh, on this random video uh, that got remixed. Uh, but yeah, uh, Drew, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, I'm doing the thing that I do, uh, Mary France. Uh, it was super cheesy, super bouncy. Um, there's something about it that starting like that sort of cheesy, um, was awesome to me. There's, it's just fun. It's a, it's a smiley, happy, sunny day sort of song. Um, and then I'm going to bring up two that, uh, Brett brought up, uh, we'll go with Mr. James Bond, uh, great minds think alike and all that. Uh, we'll go with Mr. James Bond. Um, I, I got the James Bond milieu off of it. I also thought there might be a house in New Orleans um, off of this track. Um, it gave me a bit of an animals vibe. And you know what? I approve of anything that gives me a vibe from the animals. Um, and then Brazilian Flower. Not only was it that weird CGI naked video, but um, to me, I could also like this. I can feel the, where like someone like an Elfman got inspiration during like the Pee Wee uh, era and where that sort of sound came from. Cause like there's definitely like hints of that and hints of what Elfman did came from this. I feel like, um, especially Brazilian flower. Um, th- there's just something cool about it. That was it. It was neat to see. Uh, that much earlier something that was like could it, it could have just as easily been just this plucked out and put in the peewee herman instead of like elfman doing scoring for it and it would have worked just as well mm-hmm. i love jenna elfman's work <laughs> dharma and greg for life yes um patrick what would be some of the key tracks for you um, the Mexican cactus. It had a fun percussion and the sort of the synth was trying to be a horn in this case. And it's just a jaunty little tune. Uh, that's how I would describe a lot of this record. A jaunty. It's very, uh, very. I don't know how to describe it. Just jaunty. Uh, and Brazilian flower, which sounds like the level from like some indie platformer, like modern indie platformer game where they want to be. They don't want to be a strictly like 8-bit soundtrack, but they still want to have dumb, weird old synth sounds, and it kind of works for it. I, I just it makes me want to jump on an enemy and find a power-up. Like it is. I got more like of like an early video game vibe 
from from the synths than than anything else. Like like shitty computer games I played on a 386. That was the 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 way I would describe the synth sounds. It's not it's not like an NES or a Game Boy chip. It's it's more it's way more it's way better than that, but it doesn't sound like the super clean, like better synth stuff that came out, you know, eight or ten years after this. Um and those those two songs were sort of the ones that really jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we can kind of bring it back around the horn uh, to talk conclusive, to get talk conclusive thoughts. True. what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? Well, uh, this album, while listening to it, was fun, did make me laugh, did make me smile. Um, and it's something that, like Brad said, it, sometimes you just got to listen to something that maybe you're not going to be that into just because there is something cool there that deserves to be heard. And I think that was my reaction sort of here. This is not going to be something I'm going to be going back to in my repertoire of, uh, electronic dance music as it were. Um, but having listened to it, I do feel like there was, um, some cool stuff in it that I'm glad to have heard. Um, cause I didn't know stuff like this. I knew stuff like this was out there, but knowing that it was like a guy making an entire album and like, that was his goal is something that I didn't think about. And when I hear it, it, it was mostly like, Oh, there was that one off thing that somebody must've done to like create something funny for a thing. But like, no, this guy was doing a full album and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on, on this album? Um, if you want to know the entire history of electronic music and, uh, you haven't gotten back this far, uh, here you go. Here is, here is some really, really, really early use of synthesizers that, you know, predates pretty much everything. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. I, I, I gotta be honest. It wasn't my favorite thing I've ever listened to on this show, but like, I didn't hate listening to it. It just, you know, it's. It it is an interesting experiment from an era that that probably would, you know, if you were if you were really into music in 1968 and you were really into you really wanted to hear something new and different. This sounded like it was it was from another dimension, probably. And and because of that, like I recognize its significance, but that was, you know, 48 years ago and uh it, it now it's just sort of an interesting relic of of that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very cool, interesting album. But yeah, it's a very much of its time. But there's a there's a lot to kind of uh, throw around in your noggin as you listen to it, and and that's what makes it cool. But yeah, it's definitely of its era. Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Of its era, meaning if you're into drugs. Um, especially the cool ones. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I've, I've, I've not been honest. This isn't really a serious album. Um, but, but I, I, I sure do enjoy it. Uh, that, um, it, it's something that I can, you know, put on in the background and enjoy. It's it, there, there's some musicianship on display here. Um, there's some, some skill and it's influential, I guess, for what that's worth. But, you know, I'm here for the whack I do. Um, I, I, I like weird shit. This is some weird shit. This isn't something I'm going to put on at a dinner party. Um, 
you know, but I, I think it's something that more people could, uh, could use listening to. I mean, like it was mentioned a little bit earlier, but like, check out the album cover that, that it's worth listening to just because of the album cover. Yes. It's like robots playing horns and shit. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's worth something. Yeah. Um, and it also should probably be noted that like, right after I told you guys to listen to this album, the, the dude died. Um, so like, cool. you know, go, go and hug your synthesizer and tell them that you love them. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so like, and this guy was like, <laughs> this guy put out some albums. Um, if you want to listen to things that are, that are a little different, dig into the catalog. Holy crap. But you know, I, I, I and Kingsley and things like that. Yeah. There's like, there are probably much better, uh, displays of musicianship. But uh, this is this is pretty fun. Um, it's not going to change your life, but it made my life better. Yeah, I also loved uh, incorporating the title, uh, the name, the Mo- incorporating Moog into his title of his album. Yes, yes, uh, Moog Indigo, Moog Mig Mag Moog. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, those are our conclusive thoughts on the amazing new. Electronic pop sounds of Jean-Jacques Perret. Um, yeah. And now we get to our haiku First reviews. one to nail it. Actually. Yeah. Jean-Jacques Perret. Uh, yeah. Those are the thoughts. Now we get to the main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. We see what we thought in poetic form. Let's see who's going to start with the haiku. I'll I'll do the the order we've been doing. Drew, what is your haiku? Many beeps and boops, and they sounded well crafted, but just not for me. Ah, hmm. uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Retro future sounds from fifty years in the past. This is a bit odd. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, my haiku. Electric pop tunes from an uh, from an eclectic smart dude. He sets it off, dude. Uh Brett, what is your haiku? So happy and upbeat. Weird French electronic tunes. The album of sprawling. Yeah. The album of sprawling. Uh, and I think that's a good way to sum it all up with our thoughts on the amazing new electronic pop sound of Jean-Jacques Perret. Uh, go check it out on our Spotify playlist. Record Breakers, the home game. Uh, you can follow along at home. Uh, you know, play along at home. Keep track. Keep up with us. Uh, also on that Spotify playlist will be next week's album. It's going to be provided by Drew. Drew, what do you got for us next week? Well, I've brought this band in before. Uh, I think this is the second time I've done this. Went back to a band, but a different record. Um, because they brought out a new record. Um, I brought in their record, Clarity, before. It was their first full-length uh, album. So very, very early on in their careers, obviously. Um, they have since put out a new record this year and I wanted to talk about integrity blues by Jimmy world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a fun discussion next week. 
so stay tuned for that uh but that's next week and this is this week and you can of course find us all over the internet patrick is at the swagger brett is at hey we do Robert h-i-b-b-i-t-y-b-i-b-b-a-r-d Drew is at X for X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at four record breakers. That's the number four record breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com is our email. Rebelli.net for this and other shows. Rebelli TV on YouTube. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, all of the places where you can find podcasts. Uh, subscribe to us, like, share, do things. Uh, you know, just throw some reviews maybe there on the iTunes store. Uh, but yeah, uh, do all the things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> if uh, if there if we did uh, album title or like uh, titles to episodes, I, I'd root for Sprung Time for Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's like super ultra. Like uh, that's 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 like next level offensive. Yes, I enjoy it. <laughs>